Welcome to the Tea Grannies. I'm Elise. And I'm Maria. Today we're here to talk about query letters, so pour yourself a cup of tea and let's get started. Chapter 1 Dad always believed I would make a good hero, but I never gave it much thought until he died. He was always so strong, yet gentle, and everyone loved him. Yet, when he died, no one wanted to talk about it. It was still hard to talk about him. I never thought of myself as a hero until I needed to. I squinted as I walked into the reception. The walls and floors were eggshell white, and lights made everything seem brighter. I smoothed my shirt and took a deep breath. I instantly regretted my choice. Blisters were already forming on my heels. I was certainly paying for the cost of looking professional, even if it was just to submit my resume. A man with thick glasses sat at the large, round desk, looking at several screens. I straightened my posture, shoulders back. He kept typing away, and he didn't look my way once. I continued to stare at him, hoping he would look up. He never did. I did not wake up early on a Saturday to have some guy ignore me. Hello. I said, trying not to sound irritated. He kept typing. I cleared my throat. throat) I'm here to apply for the superhero job? Are you over the age of 16? He asked, his eyes not leaving the screen. Yes, ID please. I swiped the app on my phone until my city ID appeared. A half-decent picture of me appeared to the upper left. Shoulder length, dark auburn curls, brown eyes, brown skin. Then my name, Miranda Galloway, written at the top. To the right was all my information, address, occupation, biological information. Unlike 90% of the population, my ID was orange instead of green, showing I had an ability. All right, so my overall comments for this piece uh, were that I didn't have a ton of comments. It's literally what my note says. Um, And that always tells me that I would have just kept reading and reading because I didn't bump on anything in the first page. Uh, I'd like to see a little more meat in the first paragraph, but I do like the first line very much. Um, And I did make a suggestion below for this paragraph just to help like rework it a little bit, but I think Elise's are better. Her suggestions are better than mine. (laughs) Don't be like that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, this is a really strong submission and a very interesting premise. Kind of gives me slight Marvel vibes, which I... I like. And uh, yeah, you know, I don't really have anything else to say about it, except I thought there were some really nice natural things slotted into this piece. Yes. I like the main character's energy. And that's all I got. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Similarly, not a whole lot of comments from me. And I mean, even when I say that, my comment managed to be like Super 10 long. times <laughs> as long as yours. And I don't know how that happens. But anyway... <laughs> I really enjoyed how naturally the world building was unveiled in this, like in that Mm -hmm. final paragraph about the app and it shows her ID and then we learn like everything about her, which feels very natural. It's a lot better than the Mm -hmm. classic, like I turned and looked in the mirror and saw my eyes staring back at me and my flowing locks. And yeah, I can't handle it. So I really like this. (laughs) I really like the way they did this one. This is a new one for me. Uh, So kudos for that. And then, um, the piece about the the ability and the way that the sci- society knows who has an ability and who doesn't, although I imagine mm-hmm. there's people who slip through the cracks and we're going to learn about that probably. Um, but I really like that piece. 
Um, and that you can just walk into a building and say, hi, I'm here to apply for the superhero job. Okay. Yeah, that's so awesome. Okay. I was sold on that line immediately. So I love that. Um, and that, that piece at the end, it wasn't too long. It wasn't too info dumpy. It just, it said just the right amount of stuff in the right amount of time. And it says so much about the world that the character lives in. And then I loved how vivid and specific the descriptions are. And I also thought that the piece did a great job of establishing empathy for the main character because anyone who's ever walked into a job application to hand in their resume <laughs> knows the anxiety. It's and, always awful. Uh-huh. I'm wearing these clothes that I don't want to be wearing for this job that I don't actually want, but that I need to survive. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so immediately like, okay, we're here for you, kid. Um, and then just her attitude of like, I did not get up early on a Saturday to do this and have this guy completely ignore me. Yep. I felt that. Mm -hmm. I felt that very strongly. So I like that energy. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I love that a lot. Um, yeah. And then other than all of those things that I just loved, the main thing that I would suggest changing is to start the story a little bit later. So I, when I got to the paragraph about the receptionist, a man with thick glasses sitting at a large desk, that was where I was like, oh, start the story here. Mm -hmm. And then circle back around to the other details that we got before, because I, I felt like we almost got too much setting. And then the opening paragraph about the dad and becoming a hero, um, I didn't feel like I had enough context for it until I got to the conversation about, hey, I'm here to apply for the superhero job. And then if yeah. you slot that paragraph in after that line somewhere um, and try and make it fit naturally, all those good things. But it just it gives more context for the reader to put the pieces together of like, oh, you literally mean a hero, like a superhero, like a Marvel <laughs> superhero type thing. That's what you're talking like you about. Don't mean an abstract way. <laughs> yeah. But when I first read it, I didn't have that context. So I was like, okay, be a hero for what? That's kind of vague. That's not really clear. Mm -hmm. Like putting it into context makes it so much more clear. So that oh, yeah. is the main change that I would make. Um, yeah. Other than that, I always love a good superhero story. We have one in our mm -hmm. writer group right now that's so much fun and yeah, yeah i would 100 percent keep reading this i want to know what her ability is and then i want to know what she's going to do with it and yeah just love the premise bravo chapter one prom or parish skeleton park brims with life Humans, of all shapes and sizes, burst from the seams of a place that really ought to belong to us, the witches. But I don't care. I'm glad for their presence, their energy. The teens blasting music from a speaker as they play a game of basketball. The gardeners pruning the community beds. Children on the swings, their screams of delight carried on the spring wind. Even the picnickers reclined on blankets have found their place amongst the ghosts that haunt here. I wish I could kick back and relax with them. But too many prying eyes would notice, and I don't try to get caught breaking coven law. Usually I'm discreet-ish. Hazel and I walk down the path between the new splash pad that awaits the summer heat and the basketball court. The teens there are loud and brash and everything I long to be a part of. My steps slow as I watch Eric Van Housen shoot the ball at the net, his tall, lean frame like a Greek god of old. Beautiful burnt blonde hair that's longish, curls at the ends, damp with sweat. He whips it out of his eyes as he scores. I sigh. Hazel loops her arm through mine, tugging me along. We're not supposed to be here, Marley. For fourteen, she really does speak with too much gumption. 
If she wasn't such a smart witch, I'd have to play the older sister with much more seriousness. We're just passing through, and it's a shortcut, I say with a shrug, and the view really is excellent. I turn back to look at Eric. He catches my eye and winks. He's a human Marley, Hazel tisks. How else am I supposed to get an invite to prom, Hazel? I raise an eyebrow. She huffs. Hazel openly opposes my plan to go to the human prom. Not that it's done much to deter me. She hasn't spilled to our mums, so I take begrudging behavior as reluctant support. So this is another strong submission. I was really happy with our submissions for this episode. Um, pretty invested in the witches right off the bat, especially after the first paragraph. Uh, and it seems like they can and they do blend in, but they're kind of frowned upon or they have to try and keep themselves quiet. I think that would become more clear as we keep reading. I don't think it needs to be um, changed at all in this first page. Uh, and yeah, a couple minor suggestions. Um, you know, there's a few lines that I really like, particularly like the first two lines, mm. uh, because they're talking about humans of all shapes and sizes. And then it's saying like the place that should belong to us, the witches, which I think is just like, gives us great world building, like right there. Um, there's one beat where I would like a little bit more. So when they are, when she's looking at this Eric guy playing basketball or whatever, um, and refers to him as being like a Greek god of old, I would actually really like to see him like a little bit more of a detail. It doesn't really, I don't really get Greek god vibes from the description. Um, so that's kind of one thing. Then again, my idea of Greek gods is like, they're like super broad and like muscular, like very like Chris Hemsworth and Thor. <laughs> like that's kind of how I picture Greek gods being like, they should be like so hot, they're almost hard to look at. Um, so I think <laughs> that's how I envision them. <laughs> so I would love a little more there. Lisa's laughing so hard at me right now, you guys. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it killed me. But yeah, then there's a couple spots where I could have used just like a little bit more clarification or word choice or whatever. Um, and I did really like at the end, the part about um, Hazel hasn't spilled it to her mom. So she takes her begrudging behavior as reluctant support. Mm. thought that was a really good one because um, I get, I'm not sure if they're actually sisters or just sisters and like yeah. the, you know, witches sense of like yeah. it's a coven or whatever. But uh, that totally tracks for sisters, no matter what. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, uh, that's all I have. Yeah, I love the world building as well. It's um, introduced really well throughout this piece. Like the, mm -hmm. the first line really got me like skeleton park. <laughs> what and then humans yeah. and it, like i was expecting something dark and foreboding and we just like mm -hmm. it's just a day of the park like there could be kites flying and people walking their dogs and mm -hmm. so i love the kind of contradiction of that energy i thought that was great um and then the idea of witches and ghosts mingling with everyday life is always super fun for me um and i love how naturally these pieces seem to coexist though i expect mm -hmm. there will be some definite conflict around it because it seems like they're probably hidden in plain sight um, but we don't know enough about that for sure yet. Um, the one critique I had of this was I felt like I wanted something more out of this page. And I, I might just be being too picky for a first pager. So take this with a grain of salt. It might just be I wanted more of the chapter. Yeah. <laughs> In which case, this is a huge compliment. But um, fine line. <laughs> sorry. But yeah, so I felt like I wanted something... The only way I can describe it is like directional for me to latch onto in terms mm. of plot. Like maybe 
where are these two sisters going? Like, I know they're not supposed to be in the park. Mm-hmm. I know they're going somewhere. Uh, b- okay. But where are they going? Like, I felt like I was a bit, it was a bit aimless almost. We're learning a lot mm-hmm. about the characters, but we are, um, it's, it's almost like it's the purpose of the scene is just exposition and not enough plot movement forward for the beginning of a piece. But as I mm-hmm. said, that might just be me like, wanting more (laughs) wanting more out of out of the whole thing so um yeah take that or leave that um if you see what I mean you can use that if not just whatever um and maybe it's just my my instinct is that I didn't get enough from inside Marley's head and didn't feel connected enough to her that might have been the problem like we're seeing from her eyes in first person um, so that should be a pretty intimate perspective. But aside from learning that she has trouble being discreet and following the rules, um, and she has a crush on Eric, we don't really know how she feels about the current climate of the human witch division. Like, it's it, there's a line there that this place should belong to the witches, but it doesn't. But then she mm-hmm. says, I don't really care. So it's like, okay, do you or don't you? And I don't get a vibe for that. It feels very almost neutral or mm-hmm. carefully vague. Um, and I feel like I need more to really connect with this character and understand where they're coming from. Um, so maybe that's, that's what I wanted. I wanted more emotional signals from her, maybe. Um, that's a long-winded way to say I don't really know what I'm asking for. I apologize. (laughs) That's just bad feedback 101. But anyways, (laughs) I got some great Serpent and Dove vibes from this. Um, in case you were wondering, not like, it's not medieval France, obviously, but the kinship between the two sisters made me think Mm of Lou and her best friend. And yeah, just the, the setup of them wandering through the world and stay like hiding in plain sight, but also being very, um, uh, very clear that they are not human or not as we think mm-hmm. humans should be. So loved it. This was, yeah, another really good submission. Okay. What's a query? What's a query? The bane of our existence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a natural joke. I'm proud of myself. You are a you are a comedic genius. Um, <laughs> yes, but aside from pain, what is a query? <laughs> okay, let's not start off on a note of hatred, even though that's where we firmly are. Uh, <laughs> queries are queries are good; they're necessary things. A query letter is a letter of introduction, kind of like a job application. If we want to give you a comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not a resume per se, more like a cover letter for your book. And the purpose of a query letter is you're sending this to an agent who you hope to get to represent you to publishers because lots of publishers do not accept unsolicited manuscripts from authors directly. You have to go through a publishing agent, a literary agent, in order to even get their attention and have them consider mm-hmm. you. So there's all of us writers out here in what we call the query trenches, there's a lot of negativity around this experience, as you may have have noticed. Uh, So we're going to try and curb that. That's what this episode is about, just making them approachable, making them, you know, less daunting. They're not as scary as you think that they're going to be. Yeah, if you, that's, I think that's why I wanted to say they're like a job, a job Mm -hmm. application cover letter, just to make it more approachable. Like we do those all the time. Yeah. And, um, it's a business letter, really. 
And you're, you're still wanting to present some of your creativity and, and get your character in there so that the agent has an idea of what they're getting into. Obviously, it's not a straight, like, all business lingo jargon and dry and boring. No, that's going to be problematic. But it is a professional letter, and you do need to be, you know, courteous and professional about it. So this is a thing. It's You're writing an email most of the time. Sometimes it's through, like, an online form, depending on the agent that you're looking at. More on agents later this season but it's basically an email saying um i have this book i want you to love it so that publishers can love it so that the world can love me but you can't say any of that because it sounds super conceited so we're going to go over what you actually put in a query letter um because queries work yes you're sending it it's kind of like a cold call also which is i think why people feel so anxious about it like it's like you're cold calling someone right yeah and that's uncomfortable but this is the business this is how it works and and you gotta remember agents are expecting the cold call it's not like when you're at work and you get a cold call about like cleaning supplies (laughs) and you're like exactly go away yeah you're not (laughs) gonna come across as spam unless you're like writing all caps and doing all the things you shouldn't do in a query letter but if you're doing it right you know It'll be okay. It's fine. It's going to be fine. <laughs> this is going to be another one of our take a deep breath episodes. I'll just bring yeah, that and, energy and back. And put a bottle of wine in the fridge. Ah. When you're doing that. Yeah. We want Maria's <laughs> tips this season. Yeah. Alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So queries are good. They get pulled from the slush pile all the time. Writers get chosen based on queries all the time. Um, but you have to put in the work just like you do with drafting your book. Like this isn't something you wanna half ass. It's not something you can be like, I have the book and that's what matters. And yes, the book is what matters. So spend all your energy there first. But then when you're taking a break from the book, write the query letter and put all your energy into that too. Because just like with you know drafting, feedback, editing, revising, polishing, you need to do all those things for a query letter, just like you would with a manuscript. Every step is necessary. Querying is just another step in the marathon. So. Yeah, it's a business letter, not a piece of creative fiction, but treat it with as much care as you would the first draft of a manuscript. Go through all the steps that we've talked about. Write, edit, revise, edit, feedback, edit, edit, edit again. And, you know, somewhere in there, let it rest and let it simmer, all those good mental health things. Um, And then (laughs) when you start sending it out, you personalize and you test. So this is is the part where it gets tricky and time-consuming and daunting, I think. Um, because when we say personalize, we don't just mean look up an agent on Twitter and figure out their personality a little bit from the first three tweets and say something funky in that style. Like that's, (laughs) that's not what we're talking about. Um, personalizing, what do we mean by that? We'll get into that a little bit later, but, um, you do have to be like specific. Um, you're, you're looking up each agent specifically and looking at what manuscripts they're interested in. You have to tailor it to that. And then, you're tweaking it for each individual agent, which is why they say don't send a batch of 10 or 20 out at the same time because that is not going to be effective and could also come back to bite you and you realize you misspelled something. Oh, yeah. (sighs) Or you put dear agent everywhere instead of their name. There's a whole, there's a lot of things you got to watch for. Yeah, just got to be careful. But then once, once you are at the point where you're sending it out and you're Tweaking and personalizing everything. If you've heard of any of a strategy called A-B testing, if you've looked into marketing or web design and development, you might have heard of it. It's where you send out two slightly different versions to different control groups um, and see which one performs better. So if you're a YouTube channel person, that was super technical. Oh, my God. That was YouTube awful. YouTube channel person. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. was, that yes, is the technical that is term. Um, you might change the thumbnail on your video. <laughs> 
after a couple of weeks. Okay, we're not going to cut. We're just going to keep talking through this. You run a YouTube channel. You know, you post a video. You put one thumbnail on. People see that. You see how many views you get in the first week. Then you change the thumbnail and you track the views and see how it, how it goes after the change. That's called A-B testing, where you're testing two versions against each other just to see the results based on, on performance. And then if you're not getting the responses you want, like you're getting just rejections or crickets, uh, it's time to make some tweaks, send a slightly different version or, you know, mm -hmm. start from scratch, write a new version and send that one out and compare and see if you get any requests for partial or requests to read your full manuscript, jump for joy, cue anxiety. Well, yeah. And the thing about a query letter is that you're asking an agent to go into business with you. They're not going to mm -hmm. be your boss, mm -hmm. you know? You're, you're doing this, you're going to be doing it together. Yeah. So why should they consider you to go into business with? Uh, and it's kind of hard. I think the thing that's hardest for most writers is it's hard to go from putting all your effort in creatively to switching tracks to like more of a business side. Yeah. And if you have like a business type job or your office job, you can probably switch tracks a little more easily. Like I know I can. Um, but not everybody, not everybody can. Yeah. Um, me here. So yeah. <laughs> it, it, it gets easier the longer you do it, I guess is the right side. Someday. So. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> writing a book, selling or marketing a book are two very mm -hmm. different things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, your book is worthy, you know, it's good. You know, you've done the work. Now you got to pull out all the good stuff about your story and hook the reader, or in this case, you're hooking the agent. So you can and should test your query out on friends and family. I know a lot of us maybe don't let our friends and family read our writing, and that's fine. I personally don't really get my family to read mine either. <laughs> uh, but you're talking the business side of things now. It's it's a little, it's the time to ask them for some help. <laughs> <laughs> and so they'll be looking at it like a reader. Like if you can't hook your friends and family reading them your query, you're not going to hook an agent either because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. something, something's missing. And the other thing is like, even though they might not be uh, aware of how like the industry works and everything like that, they're still going to maybe see something that you missed or yeah. they'll ask you a question and then you'll be like, oh yeah, I should add that yeah. too. Yeah. And that's why feedback is important for queries, not just your manuscript. Mm -hmm. um, and agents also have... <laughs> different requirements so oh, make yes. sure you read up this is where read the, the personalization piece personalization yeah <laughs> so some agents just want a query some want a query in the first five pages some want a query a synopsis the first 30 pages those are kind of my favorites and i'm like you're getting a real good feel for it that way uh but anyway so what you'll need before you even start looking for agents is your query letter synopsis and your manuscript and depending on their submission requirements and maybe a few other questions you have to answer when you send queries, this usually happens when there's online forms. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I've done is I keep some notes for the most commonly asked questions That's in my smart. query letter doc. So I don't have to like remember or like think of something clever. I've already <laughs> yeah. done it, um, especially because the one that I see, I've seen a lot. And I freaking hate this one. Why are you the person to write this book? No. I don't know. 
I just wrote it, okay? Oh. I chased the vibes, and then I workshopped it, edited it, and here we are. Because it was fun. Because I was, was standing fun. in the shower thinking about everything except for life, and I came up with it, and I wrote it down. What do you want from me? What more do you want from me? So, yeah, it's good to um, yeah make notes for those kind of questions. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, when you're Pro tip. Them. Sometimes there's fun questions on the online forums, like... Uh, the agent just wants to like kind of get a feel for your personality or something. Sure. Those are fine. Answer yeah, so those honestly and hilariously if you can. But I just mean like the common ones. Yeah. It's a good idea to have some notes on those. And then you won't feel so overwhelmed when you open up that online form and see like a bunch of extra questions. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Pro tip. I haven't done that. And it's come back to bite me many times. Yes. I always have notes to start from scratch. <laughs> All right, so we know what a query is. We know why you need a query. Um, what do you put in it? <laughs> because business letters are hard. And yeah. despite having worked a desk job for the past, I don't want to tell you how long because I don't want to do that math. Well, um, I hit my 10-year anniversary at work. I was like, that is soul-crushing. Oh, that is amazing. Okay. My temporary job, I'm still here. It's been oh. 10 years. <laughs> Yeah, so not that long, um, but despite working a business job, like I find writing, switching into this mindset is horribly hard for me. But we've been to a couple of conferences and a couple of workshops and different things that have given us some good tips on this. So how long can it be? I can answer that really easily. Um, keep it to less than a page. Remember, this is an email. So if, you know, they're scrolling it on their phone, think about that. How long are you going to make them scroll for? Like, it's a mind game, trust me. And then um, if you, yeah, keep it down to, what is that, like less than 500 words for sure. Yeah, I think it's around 500 words is yeah. like the recommended amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, obviously you can't make it too short because then you're not saying anything. But mm-hmm. yeah, if you can keep it to like, like a one page double spaced, basically, mm-hmm. uh, that's a pretty good benchmark. And then um, I'm going to I'm gonna give a couple of categories and Maria's going to like flush them out. So... You're going to hear words and be like, what are you talking about? That's okay. It's normal. Uh, Normal for me anyways. So there's three parts generally to a query letter. Um, Most agents will expect it to be in a somewhat similar formula. You can reverse the parts if you want, but it usually flows best this way. First part is the hook. Second part is the book. Third part is the cook. And don't forget within the between the hook and book portion or wherever it fits best, you want to add some comparative titles, titles of other books that are already published and somewhat well-known that will be give off similar vibes or have some connection to your book that you want to uh, use to make yourself stand out. And that's often a great way to personalize for each agent specifically because, oh, look, this agent loves this book. I've read that book. It has these vibes. I have these vibes. We're going to be best friends. And that's how you do it. Yeah. That's Just how you like fall that. in love with an agent, and then when they reject you, you get it's super so sad. Crushing. <laughs> yeah, it's super crushing. It's super crushing. Yeah, the, the hook book and the cook is the most common layout for query letters, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot like when you read the back cover copy, like in the bookstore, you know, browsing. You want to be intrigued enough by the first sentence mm-hmm. or the first little tidbit, aka the hook, and then interested by the time you finish the description of the book. Yeah, don't give away the ending, so. though. Exactly. And most of us do skip over the author bios when we're picking out books. Sorry, (laughs) other writers. And that's fine. But do not skip it in your query. Because again, this is going to be a business relationship with your future agent. You wouldn't want to go into business with someone without knowing 
what their qualifications are or something about them. Sure. And I mean, if you do, do go into business with someone without knowing anything about them, Godspeed. I don't know. Power <laughs> <laughs> to you. But back to query letters. Um, so the basics you need to have in a query letter. So your book's name, yep. the word count, and the genre. I see a lot of people that miss this for some reason. And agents, they want to see that. Again, mm-hmm. it's a business. They mm-hmm. need to see that stuff. Yeah, don't make them guess. Don't make them guess. Yeah. Comp titles, um, like we said, important. And then you need a brief, intriguing paragraph about your story and a paragraph about yourself and your writing qualifications. If you don't have any, like most of us don't, <laughs> oh, well, Um <laughs> you know, I don't want to say grasp at straws, but like, what do you do for your writing that you could put on there? Right. It's like, it's not a real resume. Right. But you know, do you have a writing group? Do you have a, are you part of a book club? Like book discussions? Do you have a ton of followers on your writing Twitter? Mm -hmm. Um, And if you have none of those things, that's fine too. Just write a little bit about yourself, like when you start writing or what you like to write or what your day job is, whatever. Um, And, and that's fine, but you just want to make sure you want to give them a little bit about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the trick that I've seen most successfully used is if you don't really have writing qualifications that you can point to, um, if your your day job or a hobby that you do or some interest that you've had, courses that you've taken kind of point mm-hmm. to a topic or theme that you cover in your work, yes. um, that can be a really good way to show, hey, mm-hmm. I have expertise in this area and this is kind of what my book is about. So look at that. And um, that always looks really good. Yeah. Yeah, so, so you can get around it that way there. sometimes. And if you don't have any, like they're taking debut novelists all the time. Just yeah, show your quirks, tell them a little bit about yourself. Yeah, exactly. And put your best foot forward. I don't know. That sounds so cliche and I wish I hadn't said it out loud. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Speaking of best feet, oh my God. You want to be specific. You want to be personal. You want to you know, connect with the agent on a certain level and make them like you. That's the goal. You don't want to be creepy. You don't want to sound like a stalker. So, you know, if your main connection with this agent is that you found them on Twitter and have followed their sweet, their tweets for like years and fallen in love with their personality, um, don't say that. Yeah, that's an inside voice thing. Uh-huh. And it's not an outside voice thing. It can be hard to tell the difference, but I think, you know, generally people are pretty good at this. But yeah. if you saw a tweet a couple weeks ago and were like, oh, that's perfect, I can tie that into my... Don't do that. Don't reference a particular tweet. Just don't. Yeah, especially because if they don't read your query letter for like two months. Yeah, they're not going to remember that either. (laughs) Unless it's like they responded to you on one of those Twitter events. Oh, what are they called? Um, Oh, like a pitch event or something. Yeah. Yeah, And then you need to reference it so they have context for why you're you're, um, approaching And that's a personalization. That is a personalization. And it counts and it works and it's good. Um, But yeah, random tweet from two weeks ago about their dog. Mm. No, don't do that. Mm. You can talk about... Mm their dogs if they post about them on social a lot and be like I have dogs too I'm a dog person whatever but if it's something hyper specific if it's something hyper specific I cannot say this word (laughs) don't do it Uh, words are hard (laughs) okay and then beyond that being rude Like, don't do that. Mm. I mean, I feel like I'm getting into obvious points, but I feel like I need to say them anyways. Don't be manipulative. Don't be passive aggressive about how agents 
are annoying and how hard it is to be querying and how nobody answers you. Um, mm-hmm. They know that it's hard. It's their job to reject you sometimes, and that's hard yeah. for them. Um, just don't be a jerk about this. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to make a good impression. Don't try to be funny unless you're, you know, confident that your humor is not going to come across as rude because yeah. humor works. But just be careful about those things. Um, mm-hmm. And then three, we're going into major specific trauma right here. Don't misspell the agent's <laughs> name. <laughs> Proofread yeah. the agent's name. <laughs> Proofread it a couple times. Many times. Or copy and paste it from like their website into and your that, that is a life hack you'll never forget. Um, yeah. I, have, I have misspelled an agent's name. And it's as mortifying as it sounds. I don't know if she even answered me. And you know what? I deserve that. As someone whose name gets misspelled all the time, when it's sitting right there in the email field that you wrote when you sent the email, and the email made it to my inbox, so you spelled it correctly in that field, and then you spelled it wrong in the opening, you know what? I've let it go, but sometimes, sometimes I wish karma would come. And <laughs> agents are going to, you know, it's it's the first impression thing, like with a job interview, like with anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. If you are showing them that, you know, you're careful, you're thorough, you do your due diligence and you check the details, you get their name right. If you get the name wrong, even if it's like honest mistake typo because there's three million yeah. ways to spell this name and you chose the weirdest one, um, that sucks. But it's still on you. It is yeah. still on you, the writer, to get it right. And if you get it wrong, that can be, like, it can be the difference because they are so mm-hmm. swamped with work that, you know, it just takes one thing for them to say no. And if that's the thing, oh, don't that's let that not. be the thing. That would be really yeah. awful. Don't let that be the thing. Speaking from experience, don't let that be the thing. <laughs> and that goes into don't rush the process. Like, be careful mm-hmm. about this. I don't know. If you're like me, you don't take your resume and shoot it out to 15 different job applications at one time. Um, you know, you tweak it, you specialize it, you you make sure that it suits the job that you're applying for. Agents are the same. Like, you've got to tweak it. You've got to take the time to look into them. Um, yeah. Don't feel like you're going to sit down and bust out 10 queries in an afternoon. You know, if you can get one or two, maybe three, like if you're feeling real good, yeah, you're doing awesome. I think my best day was like seven. Yeah. But I was at my desk for literally hours. Yeah. Don't do that to yourself if you don't have to. And you don't don't. have to. This is a voluntary process. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, don't rush. Like each one is going to be specific. You need to research each one. It's like it's everything about publishing is a marathon and not a sprint. And that includes Mm -hmm. this process. And then tied to that as well, don't just query any agent that takes your genre because that's not enough of a connection piece. They might like fantasy, but like how many subgenres of fantasy are there? There's so many now. Yeah. Yeah. It's not fathomable. So, you know, if they look like someone you'd like to work with, look into what they're looking for, look into their manuscript wish list. That's a popular site with agents where they list like all the different kinds of tropes and things that they like or don't like. Um, Pay Mm -hmm. attention to those don't likes. Be very attentive to those don't likes. Um, Yeah. But it's like just like with um, hiring anyone to do anything, like hiring an editor to work on your book. It's like dating. You're trying to find someone who's going to be a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. And that means like if they have this one annoying quirk that you can't get over, you can't get over it. So it's a no. Like it's not a good fit. So treat it that way. They're going to be picky about you because they have to be able to champion your work like they would die for it. So mm-hmm. you need to be picky too and know that you can work with this person. And um, this shows that you have self-respect 
And it also shows that you respect the agent on the other side and their work and you want to do something that's going to be professional and um, optimal for both parties. Yeah. Yeah. The first time I queried, it was my young adult fantasy. And that was like my first proper finished novel had been workshopped and developed and I'd worked on it for years. So I was like, this is my baby. Uh, So what did I do when I queried? I queried any agent that represented young adult fantasy. And guess what? Rejections. (laughs) So many rejections. I didn't get a single request out of 60 queries. Not a one. So by contrast, I queried like 30-ish agents um, for my latest like romance fantasy manuscript. And I got personalized rejections, which I consider a win, okay? Because a lot of agents don't bother Mm -hmm. with that. So if they Mm -hmm. send you a personalized rejection, they're like, I loved everything about this and you're a great writer, but this isn't a fit for me. Query me with something else. That's a win. That's a win. Such a win. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I had a few partial requests and a couple full requests. So the difference is that my query letter is almost the exact same. Just different <laughs> characters and stories, same layout, hook, book, and cook. Mm-hmm. Followed that same format, but I researched my agent choices and yeah. I didn't query them just because they rep the genre I was in. Yeah. I did the extra research to make sure that I thought they'd be a good fit. Um, you know, like if some agent is like, I hate dogs, I'm going to be like, I'm really sorry, but we can't work together. <laughs> that's going to be a problem. <laughs> like anybody would say that, but. <laughs> A couple other things um, to avoid doing. Do not make your font smaller so your query can be longer. <laughs> Don't do that. 12 we're not, point font, We're not guys. in high school anymore, people. No. It's, and it didn't and work I've, back then either. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen a few agents on Twitter call this out. They do not like it. You are not being sneaky. Yeah. They've seen it before. Let's see it again. And if you think they won't notice. <laughs> they're going to notice. Like, they're going to notice. Especially... Yeah. Uh, as we get older, I say as a tea granny, uh, when the font is too small, it's one of the first things you notice. Well, and <laughs> default fonts across the internet are pretty, like, there's different fonts, obviously, and they're slightly different mm-hmm. sizes depending on the one, but the average default is around a, a certain size point that is recommended yeah. for accessibility. So if you yeah. do something smaller, they're going to see they're gonna it. They're going to notice. Yeah, they're going to notice. Uh, but yeah, aside from that, uh, I second everything that Elise is saying. Do not rush. Um, it's always exciting when you're ready to query, exciting mm-hmm. and terrifying. So, you know, same mm-hmm. same side of the coin. Two different sides of the coin. I give up. I can't talk <laughs> Two sides of the same coin. Is that how it goes? Quite like that. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from our not being able to speak issues today. Uh, yeah. So don't shoot yourself in the foot with Mm -hmm. potential agents just because you were impatient and excited and you sent out a unpolished query, spelled their name wrong. Um, As many of you have probably figured out, I have one of those names that is pronounced and spelled incorrectly like every single day of my life. Every single day. Thanks, mom and dad. Love it. Uh, So make sure you do agents favor and double check your spelling before you hit send. This applies to your whole query. Mm-hmm. but really make sure the name is right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they this often doesn't come up when you're writing a query letter, but you should know your agent's pronouns too. So sure. all you have to do is check their website, yeah. check their Twitter. You should already be doing that stuff. before you query, but just something to check out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're being considerate. And that kind of takes us to a more focused conversation about personalization. And we kind of already touched on this. We probably majorly already touched on this. This first point <laughs> we touched on, be specific, but don't be creepy. Yes. Uh, just going to reiterate that. 
because, you know, it's really easy to fall into that of like, oh, this thing, like I related so hard to this thing. I want to reference it specifically. Don't, don't do that. It's also one of those things, like sometimes when you do stuff, like when you say it in person, it sounds cute and charming, Mm -hmm. but if you say it in writing, it comes off like you're a total stalker. (laughs) Yeah. Alarm bells. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Remember business relationship. Business relationship. So you do want to be specific and personal. Um, mm-hmm. For example, I got a partial request from an agent with my first book because I used a comp title in my query that they had worked on personally, or that mm-hmm. they specifically they specifically mentioned it in their agent bio on their website as one that they either had worked on or enjoyed. I can't remember which one it was. Um, so they ended up passing on my work in the end, but the initial connection was, I believe, absolutely what got me. Yeah. That partial request in the first place. Um, and it's it's a game of it's a game of balance. You want to stand out. This is true. That's what we're all trying to do. But you don't want to stand out in a negative way. So, you know, yeah. saying all press is good press. It does not apply. Don't no. no you don't want bad press. <laughs> not you do all not want bad attention. We're no, not no. dogs. <laughs> yeah. So a bad impression from an agent because of whatever you misspelled their name or said something rude in an effort to be funny. Um, it could hard, harm mm. your chances of approaching them with a future project that might suit them yes. better. Um, so you don't want to burn any bridges at this stage, at any stage, really. Um, yeah. But if you're another piece is if you're going to use a comparative title. Um, that the agent has worked on or said that they loved reading like I did with one of my queries. Make sure you've read it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. (laughs) This is a huge thing. Make sure you've read the comp titles you use. How did we miss that section? Make sure you read those. Okay. Like, like at least recommended Throne of Glass as a comp title for me for my manuscript. And I'd read it once like a long time ago, but I couldn't remember like anything about it. So guess what I did? I read it again more recently and I'm enjoying that series but now (laughs) when I use it as a comp title I'm gonna be like I do remember this book I didn't just use it because someone told me it's a good comp title yeah and I can pull something specific from yes exactly the story to say why it's why it's comparable um this is very important um if you haven't read the book you won't be a good judge of whether you're comparisons go beyond like the basic synopsis Mm -hmm. um maybe your story is too reminiscent of this comp title (laughs) like maybe that one overshadows yours a bit a little bit (laughs) yeah just be careful you might seem like a copycat so like Mm -hmm. you don't want to risk any of those things so do your research and make it strong yes you have to read the books that you're comparing yourself to i feel like that's a no anyway Uh, but reading is research yes reading (laughs) is research if you read two books a year, make those two books your comp titles. Your comp titles. <laughs> uh, I don't know how anyone can read that. I do know people don't read very much sometimes, and that's okay. And I'm not trying yeah. to dishonor that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's really rude. We've just been obsessively uh, reading lately, so you guys just just yeah. ignore us. We've yeah. been like, yeah, mm-hmm. we've been we, avoiding real life. <laughs> we have problems with escapism, and it's an addiction, <laughs> and I stand by that. Uh, finally, again, take your time. Don't rush this. It's going to be okay. I pride myself on being fast at a lot of things in a lot of different areas of the work that I do. And, um, this has come to bite me in the ass with querying. Yeah. Multiple times. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I'm like super fast. I'm like, wow, you're so fast at work. 
And it's not fair for me at all in the writing world. Gotta just dial it back. Be like, this is the most- like a turtle. This is not the most important decision of your life, but you gotta like take that energy and use it as though it is. Yeah. So the goal isn't to get as many as possible out into the world in the shortest amount of time. It's to get as many quality queries as possible out to the best suited agents as possible. And if that takes you several months to several years before you're happy with the number you've queried, that's okay. That is 100% okay. Some people write a book over the course of 10 years. You can query over the course of that many. You Mm -hmm. do you. Um, Recommended even to take as long as you need. So yeah, do one or two in a day. If you're on a roll, do do a third. Um, But don't work past that. Like, I'm getting tired and I wonder if I should take a break point, I think. Don't fry yourself out on this. You want to be, you know, on your best stay, stay under your threshold. Yeah. And it's, stuff like that. it's all about respecting yourself and respecting the agent because they'll be able to mm-hmm. tell, like, mm-hmm. based on how much time you put into it, whether you put effort into it. That's a level of respect thing. Yeah. So respect yourself, respect the agent, and you'll get along just fine. And back to comp titles. Yeah. We should. <laughs> so uh, I was coming back from commercial when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> we should uh, dig into this a bit more. Yeah. Yes, this became its own section because um, I've seen so many people who are, so many writers who are frustrated by the comp title step. Mm. Um, and I used to be also. Uh, but I mean, I have the luxury of just getting Elise to read my manuscript and then being like, hey, do you have any comp title ideas? <laughs> <laughs> Which is totally not fair. But if you have a writing buddy, you should absolutely do that. It's, to them it's because, totally fair. It's not a yeah. cheat. They're not as close to your story as you are. Mm-hmm. So they, and, and everybody reads something different too. So they might be like, hey, you should read this. I think you yeah. might be able to use this, uh, which ties into the whole of reading this research lecture. The mantra. Uh, yeah, my mantra is sort of like info dumps are bad. That <laughs> kind of mantra. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you don't read, you're not going to have any comp titles. If you don't read, how are you a writer? Because I feel like it kind of is like they go together. Mandatory? Yeah, I feel like it's it's like, yeah, it's totally mandatory. But make sure you are reading in the genre that you write in for this purpose. Aside from it will make your writing better. Um, you need it. You need comp titles. So they don't have to be exactly like your manuscript. That's not what you want. You're picking things from each one. You can make it really specific. Like, for example, my comp titles right now for the project that I'm I'm going to start editing soon. I swear I'm going to start <laughs> editing it soon. Um, my comp titles for that are Pride and Prejudice and Throne of Glass. So how can two incredibly different books be comps like this? <laughs> and yes, I wrote this on the fly for this episode. <laughs> I haven't written my query letter for this yet. It's gold. Go. Let's say this manuscript combines elements of strong female assassin and court intrigue from Throne of Glass, the personal and romantic journey of Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy in Pride and Prejudice. And those are co- those yeah. are popular books. Most most yeah. agents that I'm going to be querying for a fantasy romance have read Throne of Glass. And if you haven't read Proud of Prejudice, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> read it. Uh, but you should also at least have seen the epic 2005 movie version <laughs> with Keira Knightley. And if you haven't seen that, I expect you to watch it immediately. If you after haven't you seen that, episode. I repeat. What are you, you doing with your life? You haven't lived until you've watched that movie. The vibes are immaculate. It's not totally exactly true to the book. If you want something true no. to Pride and Prejudice, you should watch the TV series, the miniseries with um, Colin Firth. Also wonderful. But again, off on a tangent, I really love that book. <laughs> that movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> and passing this off to Elise. I'm surprised we have, I'm surprised we haven't done that tangent yet. I yeah, don't think we've I'm, covered it. Too. Um, First yeah. time for everything. <laughs> Anyways, comp titles. They are they are tricky. They can be really annoying. We understand your frustration because we have it too. Yeah. Um, and having someone else to read through and give you some comp titles is actually like a hundred percent the best strategy possible because mm-hmm. at this point you're too close to your work and you may have had like this idea and be like, oh, it's gonna be kind of like this thing that I just read and it's gonna be amazing because it's gonna be better and. And then you actually wrote the draft and then you edited it. And now it's like nothing like that book anymore. But because you started with that in mind, you still think it's exactly like it. Yeah. This is why we need help doing this whole thing. So ask someone for help. It's a good, a good idea. Even if you send them your summary and say, like, what does this remind you of? Oftentimes people will be free with that information even before you ask them. Be like, oh, this makes me think of take that store that away somewhere safe and use it as a comp title. Don't just dismiss mm-hmm. it and be like, oh, they're calling me a copycat. No, you need this information. This is good stuff. Yeah, this is good. Good, good nuggets. Um, but yeah, they're tricky, sometimes frustrating because um, you want to choose something recent. That's something that a lot of agents will say, like we need to hear recent books, books that have come out in the last couple of years and uh, we don't want you always quoting books from the early 2000s or something mm-hmm. because they want to know that like you're familiar with the genre you know what what sells or what's of interest or what kind of you know what's up to date they want to know that you're on the right page um but sometimes a classic like pride and prejudice is just like it's such a good fit how can i not use yeah. this like i would be never i would be stupid not to use it um so you have to be careful of that and finding the balance there and you want to be careful not to be like too confident because there's some agents that have said this i'm not sure how i feel about this tip but i'll share it anyways like you don't want to come across like i'm going to be the next game of thrones writer i'm going to be the next sj moss like are you Ah, with your first book Ah, i don't have (laughs) that much confidence that's what i like about like like pull something specific from your comp title you can say like game of thrones and of court of thorns and roses but it's better to say it has the political intrigue of game of thrones with the romance of and yeah. then that way you're not like i'm the next blah 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 you don't yep. sound like a jerk and and it is a lot more like we said earlier specific you want to uh-huh. be specific in your query yep. and this is an opportunity to do that yeah don't be too vague here this is yeah, yeah very good opportunity to kind of hyper focus on something mm-hmm. um Another thing, you don't want to pick something that some unknown title that the agents probably never heard of. Like you want to be careful mm-hmm. of that too, which can be really heartbreaking when you find That's a really good comp. <laughs> but um, because of all those things and how annoying they can be, um, I have a few guidelines that I try to follow in general. So since you always need at least two comp titles, you can kind of do a balancing act like Maria has done with Pride and Prejudice mm-hmm. and Throne of Glass. That's great. Throne of Glass is a recent series that most people know about. Pride and Prejudice is an ancient, ancient the tome. classic, classic. <laughs> yeah, everyone's heard about it, even if yeah. they haven't read it. So, you know, it's, it's working well. Um, but yeah, you want to have that balance of one is recent and one is classic. Or um, what else have we got here? One is a TV show or a movie and one is actually a book. Mm. Like that's another one that people get tripped up on. Because, for example, I have yep. a project right now. And when it's ready to query if when... whenever that happens Um, someday uh, I have two TV shows that I want to use to as my comp title well one movie and one TV show Um, and that's one of my big no-nos is like no you gotta have a book in there what are you you dumb 
like this is a book. Could be like, I know book. this, but it's I really medium. want to use TV. Yeah, and but okay, but one of the TV shows is The Witcher, which is also a book series, which is also a video game. So like, but I haven't read it, so that's another no no. Okay, I bought I bought the first book from The Witcher series because I enjoyed the show, and like it's it's backwards. Like normally I'm like a book first mm-hmm. person, but sometimes it's it's show first, and then I'm like, okay, I want to read the book. Um, I read the first page, and I have never picked it back up again. Yeah, so, I mean. <laughs> that's why I haven't read them good for thought <laughs> I don't I'll intend to you if you want to try mm-hmm. the, of the, the reviews that I've heard of it is like I'm not interested in reading it but of the show it's like this is mm-hmm. such a good comp so, so good. I'll either do that or I'll find a book that is mm-hmm. maybe someone used it, The Witcher as a comp for their book and I can use their book as like <laughs> comp comp like Inception <laughs> see I like that plan you can also do that yeah because uh, like don't kid yourself into thinking that this thing is the most unique thing that's ever come across the face of the earth yeah. and you can't possibly find a compare like we're not th- that original we are not as humans that well and what i've original. heard from agents is like when you say that it's too unique for comps what you're really saying is it's not marketable that's what they hear <laughs> when you say it's too unique okay and you have no comps pro tip if you have no comps you can't market your book. That yeah. sucks. Like, there's always something you can find. Like I said, if you make it really specific, mm-hmm. like, you can you can find a comp title. Yeah. And, and I think maybe people that are saying, like, there's nothing like it is they're trying to find a carbon copy type thing. Like, a, yeah, my book is like this book and straight up. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's more about concepts and vibes and, like, mm-hmm. it has these elements from this book and it mashes it together with these elements from this book to make this awesome thing of these two things that you want mm-hmm. together in one book. That's why it's so cool. And if you look at the manuscript wish list, there's mm-hmm. quite a few agents who will do this. They'll say, I want something yeah. that's like Throne of Glass, but has like the emotional depth of whatever, yeah. like something else. Yeah. You know, and and then they're using comp titles to ask mm-hmm. for what they want. <laughs> yeah. And if you're having trouble communicating how your comp titles are comparative to your work mm-hmm. you can look at those manuscript wish list descriptions and be like yeah. okay, how do they how do they compare things here i can use that phrasing there and i can use that wording mm-hmm. here that's a good way to research that yes. um and also if you're having trouble with comp titles the thing that really helped me uh was thinking of it like like a book report if you're doing a book mm-hmm. report on your own book mm-hmm. and you had to pick something similar what would you pick mm-hmm. and then my final tip which I don't know. Maybe it's obvious by now because we've been talking in pairs, but <laughs> don't do more than two comps. Um, I've tried yeah. that. It's it makes that first paragraph of the like the hook into the book really kind of unwieldy and unwieldy <laughs> hard to follow, <laughs> right? Like it's just I've done it. Like I've 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 tried to shove like three or four in there. It's just just don't put yourself through that it's it's not worth the effort and it'll be hard for them to read and be like how do these things fit to no that mm-hmm. what a mess um yeah not a great not a great you don't plan. want them to look at your query letter and go oh what a mess <laughs> yeah want. yeah no two is enough I, I i promise you two is enough to get the basic yeah. idea across that's specific but not like so specific that they're mm-hmm. like breaking their brain to wrap their mind around what the crap you're trying to say <laughs> uh, okay so we've chatted a lot about queries but what do they actually look like um, what sounds good. So our next episode is dedicated to critiquing query letters submitted 
by our wonderful listeners. Thank you. Uh, and Elise and I will also include our own queries that received requests. Um, so you guys know that we kind of know what we're doing sometimes. <laughs> uh, and we also have a query submission from a listener that actually landed an agent. Mm-hmm. So those are always fun. And that's the tea on query letters. So don't forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at the Tea Grannies podcast and on Twitter at the Tea Grannies. We'll see you next time for a query letter critique. Happy writing.